All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Live. It is Sunday morning. It is 9 a.m. and we're ready to go. All right, we got a couple of uh, couple of people tuning in here, and let's let's kick off Tony's comment here. Tony Noel, Happy National Tight End Day. I've just personally seen um, this week a lot of uh, polls, like who's the best quarterback tight end duo. And uh, feel free to look it up. The stats are out there in a per game basis. Because obviously, you know, not everybody plays the same amount of time or, you know, there's injuries involved. But on a per-game basis, nobody puts up the stat line that Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski do. It ain't close. Now, was that the, pull for all time or just right now? No, it's it's been all time. There's been a couple of different – well, unfortunately, Tony Gonzalez is like that lone tight end that didn't really have – A partner the whole time. He had green yeah. for a while. He had Trent Green, and then he had Matt Ryan for the, the, the home stretch of his career. But uh, there was a couple of people on there. You know, your Big Ben, Heath Miller, which Phillip is a great – Antonio Gates. I'm another sure another fantastic combo, those two. Yeah. Um, but there's got to be a winner. It's Gronk and Brady. Yeah. It's, and it's not close, truthfully. No. I mean, it's they really They have the not. most touchdown, like, from one uh, quarterback to one receiver. Aren't they third all-time in touchdown combinations? Or are they second now? I think Peyton and Marvin Harrison are first. They are third – they're third, but they're the number one tight end quarterback. Right? Peyton, Peyton, uh, Peyton, and Marvin Harrison are number one, and then it's uh, Jerry Rice and Steve, or yeah, Steve, Steve Jones. Jones. Yep, yep. Okay. Two. I remember and then that. it's and then it's Braden Gronk. With like and that's not a wide receiver. That's like that? a tight end. Yeah. He he has uh, Gronk now has seventy career touchdown receptions, and I believe one rushing touchdown. So oh, I think okay. it's seven seventy one total touchdowns for him. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's a stat line. So. Anyways, uh, let's talk about another another addition to the Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Kyle. Buccaneers, uh, Antonio Brown. First yeah. off, you're you're an Antonio Brown guy. Uh, you were an Antonio Brown guy. I don't know what your yeah. current feelings are. I'll let you express those here in just a second here. But uh, Antonio Brown joins the joins the Buccaneers. He joins Mike Evans. He joins Godwin. He joins <coughs> uh, Ronald Jones Jr., Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. The list goes on of people that have made a, uh, an impact in this league. Uh, mm -hmm. Where are you on Antonio Brown and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And let's start off with this. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and I'll just let you just go. Do you think it's going to work? If so, tell us why. If you don't think it's going to work, tell us how long, and then give your A-B predictions. Go ahead. Um, one, I do think it's going to work. Um, I think it's going to work because although all three of those wide receivers are extremely talented, um, they all can play different positions in the wide receiver area. Um, Mike Evans is specifically outside the numbers. Antonio Brown, even though he could play slot, played outside the numbers a lot. And Chris Godwin plays a lot in the slot. So I do think they, they can flip-flop where they line up in different positions. Um, it doesn't look to me that Mike Evans or Chris Godwin have ever had any like power struggle issues on I want the ball more, I want the ball less. Maybe that's because they threw the ball so so much. Um, we'll see. The only part that could struggle is the games, you know, like last game against the Packers, when they ran the ball, you know, for more yards than they passed it. How will some of those players take that? But when you're winning and playing with Tom Brady – I don't know if that's going to matter too much. So they all want to ring, and their offense is incredible. 
And yeah. I don't think you can ever have too many playmakers as long as uh as long as they keep their head. But when it comes to A B, we'll see what almost a year away from football's done for him. Obviously he's a pretty extreme head case since he's left the Pittsburgh Steelers, at least publicly. He probably was inside the Steelers organization too. But I see this working out. I don't see this being a big problem. And Tampa Bay is going to be a tough team to beat if they weren't already, obviously. Yeah. Zach, thanks for joining, man. Yeah, I was saying this last night when we were talking football with a couple of you know friends watching the Michigan game. I said this. I was like, the Antonio Brown experiment only ended in New England because of the off-the-field lawsuits that had came up all of a sudden one day one week after being in the new england organization they just they just surfaced and bill belichick decided just to just to cut him at that point so i mean people were like ah you know he destroys locker rooms i mean truthfully he never destroyed the steelers locker room i'd argue he didn't i mean no all this came out after he got cut yeah i mean truthfully there's a few things kind of bubbling up and then Tomlin gave him away for almost nothing. Steelers organization, including me, was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then how he started to act at Oakland and like kind of publicly, it was like, wow, maybe Mike Tomlin kind of knows what he's doing. Yeah, the the Oakland fiasco, 100%, that, that's an issue. Um, you know, but that is what it is. I mean, the, the, the Raiders at that point in time of acquiring him, were not what they are today in 2020. I mean, they were going to be that, I think. And yeah. and if Antonio Brown would have stayed there, I think they would have been a pretty solid team last year, even better than they were. Um, but he bailed. He bailed, and he's seen an opportunity that if I can get cut, I know New England will pick me up straight up and we'll be good. Here's, here's all I know. There's not a single corner in the league that can cover Antonio Brown one-on-one. There isn't one. The only two that have ever slightly given him problems are Xavier Rhodes and Richard Sherman. Not sure why it's those two guys, but as a Steelers fan, those are the only two corners I've seen give him a problem. You add him to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, that means every play Tom Brady is going to identify which one of these guys are one-on-one. And anybody who watches football, wouldn't you favor the receiver if it's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or Antonio Brown in all those situations? I mean, when you put in the running game somewhere in there. Gronk is their fifth option. And he just went for 578 and a touchdown. Yeah. Like this, the only thing that can ruin this team is if there's an injury to Tom Brady, because the offensive line hasn't been perfect, but we don't predict injuries on this show. So looking at their offense, this is a team that you're going to have to outscore. They've shown they could do it through the air and on the ground. Yeah. And Antonio Brown was the best receiver in the NFL for six years, unquestionably for four of those years. I mean, yeah. the, the dude's insane, and we'll see if it was maybe just the thing with Big Ben, but how how many snaps did he have for the Patriots and he had a touchdown? He literally practiced for like four days. He came in and, and lit up the Dolphins in his, in his small opportunities that he had because he didn't play the whole game. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think he had four catches for like 70 yards and a touchdown. It's like, He's stupid. And, yeah, that's without even trying. <laughs> yeah. So, so AB, um, I think we've said enough yeah. most about this. Everyone knows he's a head case, and he's an extremely good wide receiver. We'll see which one wins in the Tampa Bay locker room. Because I think 
Brady really signed him because Bruce Arians, I believe, has his reservations from coaching him previously at Pittsburgh. And I think he's voiced a couple times that he's not really, really sure about him. But maybe Brady said, let me take this project on. Yeah. I'll worry about Antonio Brown. So we'll see. Truthfully, I, I do. I 100% agree with you. I believe that Tom Brady, him and Antonio Brown, somewhere down the line, and I knew they were tight because they were both six-round picks that kind of made it and made household names for themselves, and uh, nobody really gave them a chance. But these two are – they're tight. They're super tight, and I'm not sure where the relationship really started because, I mean, people have always said that him and Odell are tight too. Um, but we've seen relationships with Brady and Jules. We've seen relationships with Brady and Gronk where these guys have endorsed Brady. Like he's the greatest teammate. He's the greatest player. We don't want to play with anybody else. Obviously Jules is kind of forced at this point, but Gronk has, has stuck to that. He's threatened to retire. And I mean, he, li- he literally did retire and then joined Tom and then moved to Tampa. So that dude won't play for anyone else. He's endorsed that. It, it ain't going to happen. Um, and at this point, I think, Antonio Brown's kind of in that same category. Obviously, I do think he would have taken an opportunity, but ultimately he wanted to play with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady wanted to play with Antonio Brown. But moving right along here, uh, let's go ahead and get right into Antonio Brown's previous team. They have the biggest game Sunday, and I don't think it's close. Um, This is a massive marquee matchup. We should have seen this game three weeks weeks ago, two two or three weeks ago. the five and O Steelers are at the five and O Titans. Jordan, thanks for joining us this morning. Sorry about your Penn State. Uh, we're, yeah, we're not gonna get too much into it, but sorry about that, pal. You said you're not. <laughs> um, let, let's go ahead and get right into it. Where, where are you at? I know. Uh, I we've already made our our call on this game, but they they need to hear it. Yeah, um, big roadie for the boys here. Steelers are going to Tennessee. Um, I, I really hope the Steelers aren't overlooking the Titans only for I, the fact is no, no, only for the fact is we play the Ravens next week. And I know mm. that's always a big game and just watching the Steelers, sometimes they can be a little fruity loops the week before the Ravens. But um, I don't think that'll happen. I'm just saying it possibly could, but I don't think that'll happen. I think the Steelers go to Tennessee and they win. Um, the, the Titans have played extremely well all year. There's no reason to say that they're going to get slaughtered. I don't think it's going to be a blowout game. But I do think the Steelers win, and I think they win by a little over one possession. I have them winning from about seven to ten points. Um, the Titans are a run first. Some would even say maybe run dependent because of how they play off their play action. And they just lost their best offensive lineman for the year, their left tackle, Taylor Luan. So um, maybe you guys haven't yet because I know maybe not a lot of people watch the Steelers. They've been on the outside of the Giants Monday night. They've been on when a lot of other popular teams are on. But if you have a chance to tune into the Titans-Steelers game today, you're going to see what this front seven is capable of doing. I think we hold Derrick Henry in check. No, a lot of people are going to think it's crazy, and I am always ready for the feedback. But I do have um, I have reason to believe Derrick Henry will be under 60 yards rushing today. And I know that's pretty crazy. I know it's a lot of eyebrow lifts, a lot of laughs, a lot of holy crap, what a biased Steelers fan. I'm ready to receive the backlash if I'm wrong. But I believe the Steelers are ready to make the Titans look a little pedestrian today, if I don't say so myself. I think the Steelers win this game. And we'll get to this game in a little bit. But bold prediction, along with Robbie Edwards here, I think the Steelers are the last undefeated team after today. Interesting. Um, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but these are the these are the last two, right? Is there another one? Seahawks play the Cardinals Sunday night. Oh, that's right, the Seahawks. That's right, the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm rolling with the Titans here. Can't blame you. Uh, yeah, you know, it, truthfully, I'm just gonna go right down the position group. Coach, slight, slight edge to Tomlin. Slight edge. I would have put him equal, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Super Bowl. No Super Bowl. I mean, it's uh, okay. let's, let's be fair. Uh, quarterback, <clears throat> I'm going to give a slight edge based off of just, again, longevity and career to Ben. But Ryan Tannehill has been better than Roethlisberger over the last – I'm just yeah. going to use this season. I'm going to use this season because I can't use last season. They put up, like, Ryan Tannehill and Ben's stats a couple days ago. It's yeah. like, I think Ryan Tannehill has, like, about 200 more yards. He's got seven more completions on eight more attempts. And I think he's got two more touchdowns than Ben. Like, they're, they've actually yeah. been pretty Yeah, close. he's been slightly better. Yeah, okay. Um, running back. For me, this is clear cut. This is Titans. Offensive line, I'm going to give the edge to the Steelers simply – because the Titans just lost Taylor one, which I do believe will be massive in this matchup. Whoever that life, whoever that left tackle is, they are had their hands full today. The Steelers lead the league in sacks. It will be a massive matchup. Um, but after that, that's it. Steelers win every other matchup on this on this board. Outside of what running back? Outside of outside of running back, yeah. I receivers close. I I, I give the edge of the Steelers though. They got three of them. I think the Titans only got two. Um, maybe tight end is Johnny Smith coming back because that Ferkser really came out last week. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Him McDonald, but I, I'm I'm going simply on the fact that I believe <laughs> that the Tennessee offense will outplay the te- the Steeler defense today. It won't look as good as it's looked. This will be their worst game. See, this will be their worst yep, game, and, and Tennessee and guess, will look. They'll look they'll look struggles because this is one of the, the best defenses they're going to play. But Tennessee will do enough to win super close. If I had to throw a score on it, twenty to sixteen. Yeah, so there's the stats. It's pretty close. Tannehill, one more pick, about two hundred more yards, like I said. Yeah. He's got Kyle, a, thanks for know. joining. Yep, he's got seven more completions on eight more attempts. So I guess that's your thing. Everyone knows these two teams are 5-0. and It's going to be yeah. fun to watch. Um, both teams are really good. And, and it comes down to, you know, this unstoppable force meets the immovable object. And I believe Derrick Henry has had to pound, pound, and pound for three games straight. They've been abusing him. Well, today he walks into a front seven that's twice as good as any of they played. They lose an offensive lineman. Derrick Henry has to show some fatigue at some point. And, but I guess that's it. You said you think this Titans offense is going to outplay the Steelers defense. Yeah. And I think it's going to be the other way around. But that's the matchup everyone's watching. But I definitely, I think the Steelers are going to be able to outplay the Titans defense better than the other side. I, I just think that the Steelers are the most balanced team in the NFL. We can run. We can pass. We play unbelievable defense. We're the second team in NFL history through our first five games to have three sacks and an interception. I mean, it's just fun watching our defense, and I'm excited for everyone to watch. I could be wrong, and the Titans could come out and and do what they did to the Bills. 
Yeah. But I think we're better than the Bills. And um, I, I can't wait for this game because this is a huge statement game for either team to beat another 5-0 and team. So, yeah, it'll be fun. No. I'm excited for it, too. Uh, I'm sure we'll see the stat later on. There is not too many times. And I know five and zero doesn't sound like a super impressive record, but there's not too many times where two five and zero teams actually play each other. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll show the stat before kickoff today, but it's a very limited amount of time. And I'm yeah. sure it's probably been a few years since there's been one. So, and we were holding back on the Steelers for a little while with the teams they had beat, and then they beat the breaks off the Browns, and now they're five and zero, and everyone's yeah. still got some reservations for them. We're at Titans, then at Ravens. We'll see how serious the Steelers are. Yeah, I think I'm they're a good football team. I don't think this game is any uh, any distinguishing factor on where or not they're better or worse, but uh, I just believe the Titans are a better football team. We'll see today. Moving right along, though. The 2-4 and four Cowboys are at the 1-5 football team of Washington. Uh, you know, for me, this is where the Cowboys finally get that uh, that third W, but it's not because they're just far and away better than Washington. I just believe they have more talent on offense. That's it. Dallas's offense over Washington's defense. That's where I'm at. That's the only reason I'm giving them this W. They are just far and away superior offensively than anything Washington can do. Even though Dallas's defense is pretty bad, I'm giving the edge to the Cowboys. Yeah, if you guys are weekly listeners, you heard me say I believe Andy Dalton can get it done for the Browns or the Browns, the, the Cowboys, and then they got beat pretty bad by the Cardinals. Yeah. I didn't think they would ask Andy Dalton to throw the ball 54 times. That's yeah. a real number. He threw the ball 54 times. That's not how Andy Dalton wins games. And the Cowboys' offensive line from two years ago being top five now looks like a bottom five offensive line. Yeah. Zeke's fumbling. They're still not running him enough, even with the fumbles. He had like 13 carries, I think. Um, but this defense is so bad. And I keep wanting to say the Cowboys are going to win and win and win. And the more I watch them, the more embarrassed I am that I even pick them to win. Like I still, I still have them winning this game, but Washington has a really good front seven. Yeah. Um, and they're going to cause a lot of problems for the Cowboys offense because the Cowboys, a lot of people say when you win games, it's got to be in the trenches and then your quarterback. And it's like the Cowboys are really only great at wide receiver. And <clears throat> I mean, I want to still say Zeke is great, I mean, he's got to fix this fumbling problem, but I have the Cowboys, but we need to really watch out for Washington here. And that Terry McLaurin, man, what a stud he's been since he's entered the league. I mean, he's like one of the few bright spots on this Washington team, but I I have the Cowboys winning, but Washington is going to make this a lot closer than people think. Like, I think Washington has a chance to really, it's sad, upset the Cowboys here, but... If Cowboys win, they're back in first in the division. Them and the Eagles duking it out. Yeah. Moving right along here, and unfortunately, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this game, but uh, the Bills, 4-2, and two, are at the 0-6 Jets. Bills have dropped two straight. Uh, they get back on track today. They win their fifth game. The one thing I want to see out of this game is I want to see them annihilate the Jets. Show how much better you are. Show that you're still that, that elite team. I don't want to see you struggle with the Jets today. Don't yep. don't lay don't lay an egg and struggle with the Jets today. You cannot do that. Morning, Trevor. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Bills lose to the Titans and the Chiefs. They get a huge bounce back game. And yeah. uh, last thing I'm going to say about the game is one statistic, and this is before the Thursday night game. Yeah. The three worst 
point differentials in the league. Third worst is Washington with minus 54 in the season. Second worst is the Giants, which was minus 56. It is now minus 55 because of their one-point loss to the Eagles. Those combined are minus 109. The Jets on the season are minus 110. That's oh, that's double second place in point difference. So that's how bad the Jets are. They've been beaten by 110 points so far. I'd say it's more likely for the Bills to win by 110 today than it being close. Andrew, <laughs> AB is not playing today. He has to he has to pass like a five day quarantine before you can join a new team. But them week nine against the Saints. Yeah. But Le'Veon Bell will be playing for the Chiefs today. We'll get into that a little bit later. But A.B. is not active today. Moving right along here. This is going to be a fun one. The 3-3 three and three Panthers are traveling to the 3-2 and two Saints, who will be without <coughs> ma- massive pieces today. No Michael Thomas. No Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I think this is an upset alert game. I think the Panthers take this one just for how beat up the uh, – the Saints are and how, how good the Panthers have kind of played. They they kind of they stick to a formula. As long as they don't turn the ball over, they win. Uh, the Saints defense hasn't been like overly impressive this year. It's been all right. Uh, I like the Panthers in an upset. Yeah. Um, the Panthers have been a really good football team, uh, three and three. But um, if you look at a lot of their games, they're, they're in all of them. They're not a team that's getting blown out. They're not blowing out teams. They're competitive. Yeah. But yes, the Saints are losing. I would say they're number one and two are receiver, but they really haven't played with Michael Thomas all year yet. So I'm not going to say that that's going to throw them off a whole lot. They lose Sanders, so you know they're going to have to see a lot of time with Traycon Smith. I yeah. expect to see a, a heavy dose of Taysom Hill today. Um, <clears throat> Elvin Kamara, as always. <clears throat> I still think the Saints defense has more to prove. I think they put the clamps down on the Panthers. Um I do think this is a low-scoring football game. <clears throat> Saints coming off of a bye. Yeah. But if I have to right now lock in a weekly pickums, I like locking in the Panthers here simply because the Saints are without a lot of weapons on the perimeter. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I don't think the Saints present an offensive threat to the Panthers, even though the Panthers have uh, have struggled. Um on defense at times this year. Uh, you know, a DraftKings a DraftKings guy to look out for. Mike Davis has been great this year. Um, but anybody for the Saints, they're going to need to throw it to somebody. I'm sure they'll be cheap. I believe they have a guy named uh, Taquan Smith, yeah. right? That's probably your guy. That's probably your guy this week in a DraftKings lineup for super cheap. Uh, be on the lookout for someone like him. Take away the Packers, Texans. Moving right along here, the four and one Packers are at the one and five Texans. For me, this this goes one way. I, I said this, uh, I believe, on the game recap as a as a slight preview. Uh, the Packers annihilate the Texans. If you guys think differently, feel free to chime in. I don't. This is a this is a game where the Packers are kind of pissed off that they had the, they got caught with their pants down against Tampa Bay. Uh, truthfully, I don't think that the Packers are a bad football team. Uh, I, I do think they struggle with physical defensive teams. The Texans are not that. The Texans have proved they can pretty much move the ball on anybody. So I'm not I'm not saying the Texans are going to get shut out by any means. So still feel free to you know play their play their guys in in your DraftKings or your fantasy football leagues. But 
the Packers are the Packers are night and day better than what the Texans are. And coming off a loss, I expect them to rebound. Uh, Devontae Adams will be back in the lineup, so he'll be a big play today. Uh, Aaron Jones should recap after last week. I believe he had a rough last week against uh, Tampa Bay as well. Um, I like Aaron Rodgers to just come back and, and look MVP-like as he's looked over the last, you know, first four weeks. So I don't see this one going any other way. If there's any Texans fans tuning in, you're like, you know, tell me why they will win. <clears throat> why they will win is if they can get up in Aaron's face, um, take a lead, you know, take take the lead on the Packers at any point. Uh, a statistic going around this week is anytime Aaron Rodgers trails in a football game, even it's for if it's for a second, if they even trail by a point at any point in the game, Aaron Rodgers' win percentage drops below 500. It's 47% chance that he's going to lose the football game. So I, I, I would uh, – I'm sorry, 40, 47% chance that he'll win. So it's less than a coin flip that he'll win the football game. So truthfully, that's the only way the Texans can win this. Get out front, be physical with Aaron Rodgers – and Deshaun Watson makes plays and makes it happen. Truthfully, I don't see that happening. I, like I said, I think the, the Packers rebound here. Um, what's your take? I think I think Packers big. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the Packers win pretty big too. Um, Texans' offensive line's not that good. I expect the pass rush of the Packers to put some pressure on Watson. Um, Watson's really good though. I mean, everyone who's been watching the Texans, Deshaun Watson can't have any complaints from what he's doing. Um, but, yeah, the Packers offense, I think, week two with Devontae Adams back, I expect big, big, big numbers from Aaron Rodgers today. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Moving right along here. Uh, this is a big rebound game. Browns fans, if you're if you're watching here, this is this is a big one for you guys. The Browns are 4-2, and two and they're traveling to Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals are 1-4-1. One, and one. The Browns have already picked up one of their four wins on the Bengals this year. It was actually a pretty fun game on Thursday night, I believe it was, uh, where Joe Burrow kind of was on national TV and played really well. I think he threw, he threw over 60 passes in the game without a pick. I don't remember how many it was, 61, 62, 63, somewhere in there, but he threw over 60 passes. I actually like the Bengals to play well in this game and get their second W of the year. Uh, the Browns are vulnerable, and, you know, I don't I don't I don't think missing Nick Chubb is going to be a huge deal. I already said that a couple weeks back, but as of right now it has been a big deal. Um if the Browns are going to win this game it's cuz they're going to give Cream Hunt the rock 25 times. And uh until they do that, I'm taking the Bengals here in a close one. I think the Browns will, will score. Um they had no problem scoring on the Bengals last time. Matter of fact, Odell had a solid game um and they ran it down their throats, but I like Burrow to take the W, especially how they came out against Indianapolis last week and then came out flat in the second half. I think they rebound here. What's your take? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said everything correct there. Um, I'm looking back right now at the last Browns-Bengals game. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> T. Higgins really wasn't quite part of the offense yet, 3 for 35. Yeah. AJ Green, 3 for 29. It was really Tyler Boyd, 7 for 72 in a touchdown. But regardless, this game's close. And I try and look at if any of these teams don't have something that they had the last time. Baker is playing hurt. We'll see if he's still hurt. But he did not – he didn't even look like an NFL player against the Steelers. I mean, he, he wincing after every time he got touched, um, all sorts of stuff. Um, but, but they lose Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb 
it, he had 22 carries for 124 Brad, yards. Brad, Brad, is your is your volume down on your phone? Yeah. Okay. Is it better now, guys? Or I don't know if there's something I can do here. Or I don't know. Just keep going. Yeah. Um. Nick Chubb. He's got 22 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. The first time out against the Bengals, which opened up the uh, which opened up the play action, which is you know when they hit Odell for the 43-yard touchdown. So I'd like to see in the second matchup Joe Burrow a little bit more time under his belt. I think he's been playing really well all year. I believe they have the edge at quarterback, which is the most important position. But losing losing Nick Chubb might might prove to hurt them against the Bengals. And although the Browns, you know, oh they played well at everyone against at the Ravens and Steelers. Well, if they lose to the Bengals this week, I think it's panic mode for the Browns. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I do think they have the better roster, top to bottom. But I, the Bengals offense could just prove too much today because of uh, the, the poor, poor play by Baker Mayfield thus far in the year. So Yeah. Moving right along here, we got the 2-3 and three Lions at the 1-5 and five Falcons. Falcons looked extremely good yesterday, and uh, truthfully, or not yesterday, last week, in their first win without Dan Quinn, Julio Jones is back. Um, I like the Lions to keep it close, but the Falcons win here, get their second win in a row. Points, 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 points. There's going to be so many points in this football game. Uh, this, I believe, is a big DraftKings fan duel matchup. Any of these guys are going to be able to put up numbers. You know, DeAndre Swift had a really, really big game. Is he taking sole possession of that backfield? Um, we'll see. I know they still like running Adrian Peterson a lot. Um, is Carrion Johnson on the trade market? I'm sure the Bears would like a Carrion Johnson to add to David Montgomery. Or, you know, there's teams out there that could look for that kind of guy. But, um, yeah, the Fal- it's the Falcons offense. And um, I believe the Lions are a more balanced team. Yeah. The second and third best unit is the Lions offense and defense. The first and fourth is the Falcons offense and defense. So um, this will be a good game. Julio Jones and Kenny Galladay, two big, big name receivers coming up against each other. Um, This, this is a true dead and true coin flip game. This is one in my weekly pickums. I've changed three times this week and I don't know who it's going to land on before they kick off. This should be a really fun game to watch from the neutral perspective. Yeah, uh, DraftKings lineups. I would I would stack this game. I think it'll be high scoring. I think it'll go back and forth. I think Stafford's in for a big day. I think Ryan's in for a big day. Um, look for Julio, Kenny Galladay, Calvin Ridley, all the guys that have big ones, and look for Swift to get a huge huge role in this offense um, after last week's performance. So again, I'm taking the Falcons, but moving right along here. <clears throat> First four o'clock game. We're done with the one o'clock. You get the four and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they're going to be traveling to Las Vegas to play the three and two Raiders. Uh, Raiders coming off a bye, correct? Yeah, coming off a bye. Coming off a bye, and uh, they recently picked up a victory over the Chiefs. You know, I uh, it's hard to call these Raider games at this point because this team's better than I thought they were. Uh, Tony, yeah, he got the Raiders here. Um, I'm I'm going strictly off how I thought the Buccaneers looked last week, which is crazy because the Raiders looked pretty good two weeks ago. This one can either go anyway, either way. Uh, truthfully, I mean this this could be a coin flip game too. I'm going to go with the Bucks defense and 
Brady and them to to just get it rolling here. You know, before they add Antonio Brown, I think they pick up one more W here. I think Brady's in for a big day. The Raiders' defense is younger. That's not good. And they're just – they haven't really been good. So, I look for Brady to have a big day. <clears throat> and <clears throat> the strength of their defense is clearly their front seven and their ability to, to, to run stop and, and pass rush right up front. And if I'm not mistaken, the Raiders have a few offensive linemen out for COVID. So, I we'll have they're, to look they're, I believe they're going to play. They were, they were yeah. released off okay. the list. So the Raiders have to outscore people, and um, I don't know if they can outscore the Bucs. Um, I, I, I like the Buccaneers in this game, and um, although the Raiders have been fun to watch and their offense looks good, I don't want to look too much into this game. I think the Buccaneers are a better team from top to bottom. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to roll with the Bucs here. Tony Ruggs is going for 160 plus. Yeah, here's here's how it's gonna go. Okay, he's gonna he, he's he's gonna have a catch for 45 to 50 yards on a screenplay in the first quarter, and then in the fourth quarter it's gonna go. Here's here's the call of the game. Ready? Derek Carr drops back to pass. He throws it deep. 90 yard touchdown to the Raiders. Henry Ruggs touchdown Raiders. Final score: Tampa Bay 57, Raiders. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But for real, you know, Henry Ruggs could get open. I think that Tampa's secondary is actually extremely underrated. I don't I don't think that uh, 160 is probably in play for him today, but I could definitely see a big catch. Uh, he's a burner. He's fast. Only player out of COVID is Trent Brown, who has only played one game and two snaps. Abram is huge. Yeah. Uh, not too much more to say on this. I got Tampa Bay winning. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Tony's going to peep me throughout the day when the Raiders are uh, – Taking lead. Unfortunately, I won't be watching this one. This is the first game of the year where where Brady's going to play the same time as the Pats. So, Bucks won't score fifty. Jeff, watch out, Jeff. You don't know, dude. <laughs> Chris, thanks for joining, man. Good morning. Like only it, only forty five. <laughs> Kyle, thanks for joining. Good morning. Moving on to the one in five Jags at the one in four Chargers. For me, this is this is where Herbert finally just turns the table. Big win today. Chargers big. If anybody's watching, Chargers should be like three and two right now. Yeah. They've lost some nail biters, some real close ones. They're a better team. The only thing the Jaguars have going for them is Minshew plays well at times. He can be great, but most of the time he's just a good quarterback. Yeah. And they've got some pretty good wide receivers. That is the strength of the Chargers defense is corners and pass rush. So the Jaguars have few, few, few strengths on these teams. And it's what the Chargers do really well as well. But where the Jaguars are really bad, which is defense, and they haven't been dominant in the run game, the Chargers have a plethora of running backs. They run okay. Herbert runs quite a bit. And they've got they've got a better offense matchup. I, I expect the Chargers to win pretty big here. Chargers yeah. have felt like they're a much better team than 1-4. Jaguars know that they're 1-5. and five, And I think that shows on the field today. Yeah, the, the Chargers have ran up against Brady and Pat Mahomes and played them both extremely good in Herbert's first two starts. This is the game where they finally just, like, unleashed Herbert. Herbert plays huge. Uh, watch him to have a huge fancy day, even some probably some rushing yards. Um, I like the Chargers big in this one. Comfortable, very comfortable. Yes. Moving right along, the 3-3 three and three 49ers move or, uh, traveling to the 2-3 and three Patriots. Jimmy G is back in New England today. Uh, I'll let you take this one away. Um, 
I really don't know what to think because these are two teams that it seems like from week to week I'm wrong every time. Like, yeah. I think they're good, and then they play bad. <clears throat> I don't think they're a good team. They blow someone out. I think this is two of the top five coaches in the NFL going at each other. Um, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is great to, to be able to beat this Patriots defense, but, like, with the way they scheme up plays um, – I don't think the Patriots really have anybody that can guard George Kittle. But to be fair, I don't know if anybody has anyone who can straight up guard George Kittle. Um, Mostert's out for three weeks on IR. That hurts. Going to the Patriots side, looking what the Broncos defense did to the Patriots. And I know it was on lack of practice. 49ers defense is much better. I like the 49ers in this game. But again, I, I... I don't even know what to think of these two teams. I've been so wrong all year on both these teams. Whenever I yeah. like them, they disappoint me. And whenever I think they're bad, they're in my face, you know? So I, I, I'm just not sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, this is the, of all the games this year, this game, I'm the least confident. We played Kansas city already. That's what that seriously, I was confident in the Kansas city game that we would play them good. And we did. It just wasn't enough without the quarterback, but God, like, this game just seems – it seems so out of reach. And every time that happens, the Patriots surprise me. It's when I get confident that things are let down. I think the Patriots are in a in for a, a nail-biter here today. And I'm not sure how they're going to get the W, but I'd like them to win. And here, here's my only reason why. A lot of people – everybody knows Stephon Gilmore. Everybody knows him. Everybody pretty much knows my boy Devin McCourty too, the 10-year captain. But – a lot of people don't know Just Cover Jackson, J.C. Jackson. A lot of people don't know Jonathan Jones. Jonathan Jones is one of the best nickel corners in the entire league. I think they're going to match him. He's big and physical and fast. I think they're going to put him on Kittle today. And then I think they're going to double him with another uh, another tall, physical 6'4 corner, Jojuan Williams. And they're going to let their cards fall where they may. It was successful on Kelsey. It's been successful on Waller. It's been successful on a couple of different tight ends this year. If Jimmy Garoppolo beats us outside of that, fine. I think that'll be the matchup today to look for, and I think that'll be the reason that the Patriots get a very close W today. I don't like this one to be – I think this is close, 27-24. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Like We talk about how low-scoring games have to be. I don't know if either team here is going to put up like more than 24 maybe. This might have to be a 21-17 yeah. or a – 18-15 or real weird low-scoring game because yeah. I think points are going to be scarce. And in this game, it's going to be take field goals when you can get them. Um, or maybe it's going to be a game where they don't get in the red zone a whole lot. So on fourth down, maybe they're going for it because they don't get to sniff the end zone much. I, I just think the defenses kind of take over in this one. Um, Jimmy G and Garoppolo, I believe right now, are pretty equal quarterbacks in, their, in, in the NFL right now. I'm sure if you made a list, they're probably around each other for different reasons. But, yes, these are two unpredictable teams, yeah. and um, 49ers travel in cross-country. But who knows? Kyle Shanahan, he's, he's good. He's a good coach. Yeah, I, at the end of the day, New England is extremely limited throwing the ball downfield. This team can't come from behind. Uh, they were able to throw it on Seattle, but, frankly, everyone has thrown it on Seattle this year, so that doesn't really count. Um 
This team just can't throw the ball downfield. They, they just cannot do it. They're struggling to even complete intermediate passes too. just stuff across the middle. Uh, this team can only win defensively and running the football. We'll see if they're able to do that today. People have been able to run the football against the Niners this year. Um, if New England wins, it's close. I just, uh, I don't want to see one of those games where Jimmy Garoppolo goes crazy and all these Pat fans are like, damn it, Bill. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we're going to take Kittle away, and I think we'll have a uh, enough to win. We'll see. We'll see. It only takes one big play with New England sometimes, so we'll see. Moving right along, 425. The 5-1 Chiefs are at the 2-3 and three Broncos. Evan, thanks for joining, man. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Chiefs to win here. Uh, simply because of how much just better they are than the Broncos. The Broncos played really well last week against the Patriots. They were able to do some things, but ultimately their success came from gashing runs. If Chris Jones plays today, I don't think they're going to have that same success. They weren't able to really pass it on New England. They had a couple of big play balls that were completed. Outside of that, they didn't have a lot of success in the passing game, even with Drew Locke returning. I don't like the Broncos to do much in this game. I think the Chiefs win this fairly comfortably. The Broncos have played quite a few teams pretty well this year for yeah. the lack of, you know, starters that they have. Um, but th- I don't think this is one of them. The Chiefs um, are so balanced now. And after a couple close a close scare and then a loss, they really simplified it back down. They ran the ball well. Mahomes is efficient. They still have the ability to make the big play. Um, I think the Chiefs are just way too much for the Broncos. This is a team that's really yeah. good versus a team that's not. Um, but we said something about Le'Veon Bell and him playing for the first time. And if you guys aren't weekly listeners, you only listen to live, just something to think about. Everyone said, why add Le'Veon Bell? <clears throat> You're, you don't need him type of thing. Well, yeah. I would argue that they do need him because short down yardage, Le'Veon Bell is going to open up a whole new aspect of the Chiefs in, in less than two yards to go, less than three yards to go situations. So just a different running back. Um, and the thing is, is Clyde Allaire, this season so far, they've had nine rush attempts with goal-to-goal situations. They have negative one yards. I think Le'Veon Bell could fix a what may be a huge issue because maybe that's part of the reason they're, they're playing a little weird at times because it's like, oh, third and two, they feel like they have to shotgun bootleg or drop these funny craze. Yes. You're absolutely right, Nathan. In the hole, Bell's incredibly difficult to take down in one-on-one situations. And just throughout the game, third downs or second downs where Hilaire goes out for a water break. They're bringing in Le'Veon Bell now. They don't feel like they're they're losing a running back when their starter's off the field. And it's the same thing a few years ago when they had Williams and Kareem Hunt. They're going to use him the same type of way. And when you talk about, you know, Kittle being a tight end and their speedy receivers, Le'Veon Bell could play wide receiver if they wanted him to. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a guy that's going to, like, for what he did for Big Ben in terms of where Big Ben's hits went down. Mm-hmm. For Patrick Mahomes, when you start scrambling in the pocket, three-yard dump off to Le'Veon Bell. That, that's what he's best at in the league. That's what he's almost known for. So I don't think this was a, oh, they're adding more people. To, Bell? No one's good on the Jets. Think about what Bell is capable of now that he's on a team where he can't be focused. Because that's what he was on the Steelers. People were double and triple in AB. Juju was emerging, and Bell was tearing people up. It's going to be the same type of work 
at the Chiefs. He's not the vocal point of a terrible team. He's another piece to a great offense. So, Look at how much better Robbie Anderson is with the Carolina Panthers than he was the Jets. Yeah. Nobody works with the Jets. I mean, that's just – it is what it is. J.J. Mosley was the top five, top three middle linebacker in the league, disappeared at the Jets. Yeah. I don't know how Jamal Adams did it. Kind of crazy wow. if you think about it. Kind of crazy. I think it's probably because of the fact that, like, he wasn't super involved with the defense. I don't think Gase is that much of a defensive guy. He's an offensive guy. That's probably why. But And, and Jamal Adams is really freaking good, too. But, yeah, I just think that uh, Le'Veon Bell will fit today, uh, especially without Sammy Watkins. I think he's out for a couple of games. Am I correct there? Yeah, he's out for a couple of games. I think Le'Veon Bell should step in and probably see some slot rolls today. He'll definitely see some short yardage situations. And we'll see a compliment complimentary backfield with him and Clyde and Solaire. I think uh, Williams touches are going to probably drop a little bit. And I guess we'll see uh, watch out for next year. I'm going to bring this up now. Uh, if Le'Veon Bell works out and he wants to stay that this team's able to offer him a team friendly deal and Le'Veon just likes the winning aspect again. Um, Damian Williams, the guy that opted out for this season, watch for him to get traded and find himself on a roster somewhere. Yeah. You know, but uh, moving right along here, Sunday night football, this game got flexed because of the uh, Raiders and Buccaneers situation with the Raiders and their COVID. Uh, this game is now going to be on Sunday night. The 5-0 and Seahawks with Russell Wilson at the 4-2 and Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, I-, I smell fireworks here, and the game hasn't even started. Um, I'm super excited for this one. I will probably be tuning in. Uh, it's a tough one. I'm going Russ. I'm going Seahawks, even though they're due for a loss. And I think it's time for them to lose. And I think after – so the Cardinals come out 2-0, and then they drop two in a row, then they've won two more. Uh, this team's starting to really get it figured out. But last week they played the Cowboys. I just don't know how much – I don't know how for real this team really is. Um, the Seahawks' offense has been, I'd argue, the best in the entire league. It just – what they're doing right now is just unreal. Um I'm taking the Seahawks, but close. Big, big scoring though. Lots of scoring. Garrett, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, totally agree. I think it's lots of scoring as well. Um, yeah. Kyler Murray starting to get Christian Kirk involved now. We haven't really heard much of Larry, but you know he's still there. He's still Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when do we order the moving right along? Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I was thinking the same thing, Jeff. But from game <laughs> to game, I love it. That's his marquee. I, Appreciate it. Moving right along. <laughs> you got me. I, I do say that a lot, don't I? And, you know, when I'm recording podcasts, I say and a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> Moving well, right along. Moving right along back to the Seahawks-Cardinals game here. Um, Russell Wilson should have his way with this defense, but Kyler Murray should have his way with the Seahawks defense. Um, I truly believe this will be a game on just who has the ball last. I don't think either team will be able to get out of reach of the other. Um, I do like the Cardinals defense a little more, though. Buda Baker, Patrick Peterson, uh, they're playing well in the secondary. Um, but, yes, I expect both teams to have at least 28 points today. So this should be a shootout. Who has the ball last? Should be a really fun Sunday night game for everybody who's got time to watch. Yeah, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I think this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be. 
one of the top games of the day for sure. I would be shocked if one of these teams gets absolutely obliterated. I think it'll be a fun one. It'll come down to the wire. And, and this is a big stage for Kyler Murray. I, I can't I can't put my finger on a game that he's played at this point in his career that's bigger than this one. Um, this is for the division lead, right? No, because they'd be, they'd be five and two. But they'd have a win over them. And, I mean, they'd put themselves in the driver's seat to be to – be, right there for the division, you know? So, and you got, uh, you got the Niners who are playing the Patriots today and probably feel good about their chances. So you got to be in the driver's seat. And we're going to talk about another one of the divisional opponents. I mean, this division is literally so Seahawks five and zero, Cardinals four and two Rams four and two Niners three and three. Holy cow. This is a tough division. We've said this for years outside of the time that, uh, Kurt Warner was there when everybody was bad, but, um, this is a good division. And, you know, we, uh, this is the one that when we broke down this division, I think all of us had somebody else winning. And we were, uh, we even said that the, the worst team, I think, I think we all agreed the worst team was going to be the, the Rams, but they had probably enough chance to make a playoffs too. So, and we obviously switched on the Rams. We've switched, you know, kind of been back and forth on the Cardinals. Uh, the Niners, who I projected to be the, the runaway favorite, have struggled this year, still have a chance to beat the Patriots. Today. I, this division's crazy. Let's move right along, though. See how I did that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. The 5-1 and one Bears are at the 4-2 and two Rams on Monday Night Football. As of right now, that's the only Monday Night game. We haven't had that in a couple of weeks. Uh, this is a big one, too. God, there's so many big games this weekend. <sighs> uh, man. Uh, the Rams are pursuing the playoffs. The Bears are pursuing the Super Bowl. Bears are a better team. And honestly, wow. I, I, I like the Rams, and they're 4-2 and two sweet. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, that's super cool. Jared Goff, not really sure what I think about him. Until this team, and it could be today, sure, or tomorrow, until this team beats a team outside of the NFC East, I'm yeah. not going to take them seriously. Because yeah. when you talk about the Rams division itself, the, the teams they beat, the, the, the Eagles are winning that division right now. They would be fifth in the NFC West. And they're winning the NFC East. That that is the different in in skill. And I, I don't think the Rams, you know, we talk about the Steelers and the Rams, how they were both eight and eight, and they were the first ones left out of the playoffs. They would have been the seventh seed if the playoff format changed last year instead of this year. And everyone's like, okay, well, the Steelers and Rams are kind of similar. The Steelers got Big Ben back and they have taken it to another level. This Rams team is the same thing. They just got rid of Todd Gurley, some turmoil in the locker room. Maybe this whole pay certain studs and have just dudes everywhere else. Maybe it doesn't work unless you're playing bad teams. So are the Rams going to be a team we look back in the end of the year and say, well, they could beat the bad teams, but they couldn't beat the good teams, and they're a middle-of-the-road organization currently. Yeah, I think that's what they are. I don't think that's what the Bears are. I think the Bears are a team that won the NFC North two year, two years ago. We're, we're the one or two seed at like 12 and four, 13 and three went to the playoffs, played well. And then people figured out Mitch Trubisky. Well, Mitch yeah. Trubisky's not the quarterback anymore. And this defense has come alive because of it. And Nick Foles has now in terms of fantasy and stat line, Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, the tight ends are now a real factor in this offense. His down the field throwing ability to Allen Robinson and Cordell Patterson, Ted Ginn, Anthony, Anthony Miller. Miller. 
has become enough of a factor that it's opening up lanes to get David Montgomery going. Like I said, they could use a second running back. They could. But, but this team defensively is, is suffocating people. Their D-line that we talked about preseason, Robert Quinn, Hakeem Hicks, and, and uh, <clears throat> Khalil Mack. Like, they're playing really good football. Roquan Smith in the middle of the defense. Um, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, they've got pieces all over the field. This defense is enough to win games, and their offense is better than the Rams' defense. The Rams, I mean, you're going to have Jalen on Allen Robinson, and you're going to have Donald on the line. But I I really like Nick Foles here, and again, I want to take the Rams serious because I like Sean McVay. Jared Goff's cool. I love their receivers, Cup and Woods. Aaron Donald's a beast. Jalen Ramsey talks a little bit too much, but he's really good at cornerback, maybe the best in the league. I mean, he's up there. Gilmore's probably the best, you know, whatever. But the Bears are pursuing a Super Bowl appearance. The Rams are pursuing a playoff appearance, and I believe that'll show on the field tomorrow night. I got the Bears. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The, the Rams have beaten the AFC, or, sorry, the NFC East and then nobody else. Uh, they played the Bills tough, and then they lost to – I don't even remember. They just lost to the 49ers. They just lost the 49ers. That's right. So a divisional game. Against the team that's in the bottom of the division, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against the Bills. The Bills were feeling themselves. They were 3-0, and then they were destroying the Rams. And then they're like, oh, another win. Here we go. Yeah. And that second half, I believe, is what led them to their next two losses, especially against the Titans, the way they played the last little bit. But they were up, what was it, like, 28 nothing or 28 23 yeah 23 like in the yeah. middle of the third quarter and then they just but it shows what the rams are capable of in spurts yeah but again they it was at the end of the game josh allen had the ball in his hands and their defense couldn't answer the call they don't have enough players on defense they've got a they've got two studs but the bears are a complete roster la's too top heavy i think to beat a team as deep as the bears yeah, the Bears are a good football team. I, I think this is a close game, though. I think the Rams will play them really tight. Uh, this is this this one simply is coming down to turnovers. Cleo Mack, uh, Aaron Donald, um, Eddie, Eddie Jackson, uh, Jalen Ramsey. This, this one's turnovers. Uh, whoever, whatever quarterback outplays the other uh, in this matchup, though, I like Nick Foles and what he's been able to do with this team. Their one loss comes when Nick Foles starts his first game against, at the time, was the number one defense. It might even still be the number one defense of the Colts. So, uh, as of right, and this team has beat Tampa Bay. They've beat a lot of other teams. I can't wait for them to play the Packers. I think that'll be a fun one. But I like the Bears in a close one today. That wraps up all the games. Uh, any other comments, concerns? Or what, are you guys, uh, what are you guys feeling today? ESPN's matchup predictor has the Rams a 70% favorite in this game. That's just disrespectful. Tony, you know, ESPN, this has been their problem for years. They, they're bandwagon jumpers. They, they talk about who's on top and, and, and not. And, uh, you know, the Rams are a popular team in L.A., and they clearly haven't seen that their only wins come against the worst division in all of football. Everybody's harping on the Steelers for not beating anybody. I mean, the Rams haven't beaten anyone, period, anyone. Yeah, I just um, in, in the Titans five games, in three of them they've allowed thirty or more points. The Steelers haven't scored under twenty six yet, and this is going to be the best defense. The t- I know I'm really going back here to the Titans. No, that's fine. That's fine. What's the what's the lowest that the uh, the Titans have scored? 
in a game. Um, they scored 16 against the Broncos week one. But, yeah, again, they've scored 33-31. So they won 33-30, 31-30. They blew out the Bills 42-16. And then it was that overtime shootout, 42-36 against the Texans. I think both of these teams take a step back scoring-wise this week because I think both of these offenses are very efficient. Uh, I, you know, you don't seem to think Derrick Henry will be a, a factor. I believe he will. Der- the the win thing about Derrick Henry, and this is this has always been the case for him. He could have thirty yards on thirty carries, and that thirty-first yeah. carry goes for seven or ninety, like it was last week. And all of a sudden, he's got a hundred-yard game. It's just like the dude's unreal. It's just he beats you and beats you and beats you and beats you for two and three yards, and then on the fifteenth to twentieth carry, he takes one for forty, and you're like. Gosh, we had him. Didn't we say that about Saquon? We we did say that about Saquon. Uh, Nate, I would love nothing more to take a few minutes here and talk a little college football if you guys got some time. I know it's not relatable. Can we talk about Milton's opinions, thoughts? So I think me and Brad share the same opinion from last night. Um, final score for Broncos Chiefs. It was it was a final score Broncos Chiefs. We gave that one a little bit ago. I like the I like the Chiefs comfortable thirty to fourteen. What's yours? Thirty-eight ten. I think they beat the brakes off them. Yeah, I like them comfortable thirty to fourteen. Uh, let's go back to let's go back to Michigan real quick. We'll get into a little bit of Ohio State too. Th- that was such a weird game, Nate, because the first quarter it was like twenty-one to ten, and Michigan never had a drive. They never had to drive the football. They barely even had the ball. They had the 70-yard run. They had the pick six or the fumble recovery for six, whatever you want to call it. And then they had the uh, – what else did they – And it was like two plays to score. There was the blocked punt, and then there was one other score that was like – oh, there was the, the long kickoff return that they ended up punching in after two plays. So, like, literally the first quarter is over, and Milton has thrown six passes. There just wasn't a lot there. Um, first off, I've been saying this for weeks. I'm high on Joe Milton. I think Joe Milton is – uh, what could be the answer for Michigan. I don't know if it gets them over Ohio State, but I do think it gets them to winning a lot of football games this year and being very competitive. The one thing I loved, Nate, and I think any any fan of Michigan that was watching the game last night has to agree, um, and Ohio State fans that were watching the game have to be worried. Anytime Milton tried to run with the ball, he was getting at least four or five yards. Chunk plays. Just literally, it was like quarterback draw, Milton gets eight. Like, what what did you think, Brad? I mean, that's yeah. Um, I know everyone wants to talk about Milton, the quarterback, Jim Harbaugh's new quarterback. Um, I do want to steer away from that just a little bit because I don't think we saw a ton out of Milton. We didn't. I, I don't didn't. think we needed to see a ton out of Milton. Um, I want to give him two to three weeks before I make an actual assessment. Um, we could have used a lot more big passing plays. But then again, we didn't need him. But there was a couple deep throws where it was like one he should have had and one was like, was he throwing that away type of thing. Yeah. But those short and intermediate throws, he threw really well. Um, he was able to dissect defenses. It didn't. There was only one throw, and it was real late that he threw into double coverage. Um, but Michigan as a whole, outside of our kicking game, which was atrocious. It was really bad. Five, three missed field goals. Michigan played well everywhere. I, I don't think there was – anybody that was going into 18 Michigan versus 21 Minnesota and would have believed that if Minnesota scored 24, we would have blown them out. So I really think it speaks volumes. Our defense was on the field for a long time. Um, Yes, on the run, he he played well too, Nate. 
and um, the speed at our running back position was a shock. I don't think anyone saw either of our running backs. I mean, we had a 70 and 66 yard run. Um, I don't think people saw that coming. But yeah, Joe Bilton poses a huge problem in terms of he can get three yards almost whenever he wants if he runs the ball. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how Jake Moody's been on the team, Nate. It really does feel like he's been there for a long time. Um, I don't know. There's got to be someone else on campus who, who plays soccer or something that can play on Saturdays. I don't know. Because uh, I've been pads, but I, I've kicked a lot of field goals for fun, and it doesn't seem like a very hard thing to do. So I know it's there was no, no uh, fans in the stands. It's basically like a practice, and, and he missed three kicks. So – no excuses for Jake Moody. Um, and I don't understand what's going on the kicking game. But although I don't have anything spectacular to say about Milton, I don't have one bad thing. Like I said, yeah. one after limited practices with COVID and all that, I just wanted to see our offense not turn the ball over. And they didn't. So I, I can't have any complaints about our destroying of the Minnesota. Give, give us that brown jug, baby. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a Michigan fan watching that game, I and mean, I, I consider myself to be somewhat of a mark in the in the sense of like I, I'm pretty good with knowing the players and stuff. I mean, the amount of people that carried the football for Michigan last year that I never even heard of. Like I'm just like these dudes are coming out of nowhere, and we've been asking for years. Chuck, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Uh, we've been asking for years for for the uh, not for years, but since last year when it started for this speed and space, if you will, under Josh Gaddis, and we hadn't seen it. And then late in the year, they started to kind of spread the ball around, but it was the same guys, and we weren't really doing much. And um, all of a sudden, Michigan's doing whatever they wanted last night on offense. They never had to drive the ball, but they never struggled to move the ball either. So it's like a, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Um, And if you think about it, if we make those field goals, it seems like we're getting points every single drive. We We left points on the board. With, with yeah. field goals, that should have scored 50 yesterday. So yeah, I, one of the big sad things, I guess, just trying to look, it does look different. It's crazy. We agree. Like different's we good. It, different's uh, good. Different is good. We've been yeah. we've been trying out for different for a long time. Yeah. And um, the only the only little sad thing is, you know, Dan said it yesterday when we were watching. It's just like, man, what if Nico Collins was on this offense? Yeah. Like I wonder if he's watching, wondering, like, man, maybe I should have went back. Can't can't say maybe, for sure if he is, but maybe it's all right that he's not. Maybe maybe, it, maybe it's maybe he didn't fit speed in space. Maybe maybe he didn't. You know, maybe he was just a jump ball receiver. He was unstoppable a jump. He would have been you know? our number one if he was. Yeah. Up, if he would have came back. He yeah. Been he, he he can he can play. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Ohio State game, for, I watched a, a good portion of it. I didn't watch the entire thing. It kind of got out of hand. But uh, first off, we already knew Justin Fields was good. He's good. But I think a lot of Ohio State people are like, you know, their fan base is like, Chris Olave is the best receiver in the Big Ten. No, he's not. Garrett Wilson is. <laughs> Garrett, and I, I said this, I believe, on the uh, on the Michigan-Ohio State preview pod uh, a couple weeks back I did with, with Dan. But uh, – Garrett Wilson was a five-star receiver, got a little bit of playing time last year, seemed to play pretty much on the outside. Now they're using him in the slot, they're using him whatever. He had a huge game. Fields seems to like him. Um, I think I, we, we all knew they were going to blow the brakes off Nebraska. Nebraska obviously uh, gave it to him in the first quarter, made it close, but after that it was it was all Ohio State. Yeah, um, 
it was Milton actually tested last night. Um, we we can say all we want after the game. Was he tested? The schemes, this and that. Before the game, everyone knew he was going to be tested. Minnesota's a good team. Yeah. Minnesota only lost two games last year. They're a good team that came in and want to say, well, was he even tested? Just because he made them look bad doesn't mean he wasn't tested. Yeah. He had a great game against a good opponent. I'm not saying Minnesota's great, but he had a great game. The whole team did outside of kicking against a good team. And Michigan moving forward, Michigan fans are excited. And Ohio State fans, you know, of course they're going to say, oh, wait till they play Ohio State. Yeah, sure. But until then, if we can look good like this, I mean, Minnesota is one of the two or three teams we were worried about before Ohio State. We get to beat Minnesota, and then we get to go beat the brakes off Michigan State next yeah. week. Yeah. And, and we're off to the races. See you, see you in December. Yeah, you know, Jeff, your comment there, Buckeyes just need to improve the run game. You know, I've heard from a lot of Ohio State fans this offseason that they were ready for Master Teague. You guys looked pedestrian running the football. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, Playing devil's advocate, we didn't look very good on run defense as Michigan yesterday. Minnesota's running back. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota was able to run the football on us, yeah. 50 yards, he, he was working us. Yeah, but Ohio State, I mean, over the last, gosh, I mean, since the Clinton administration has been able to run the football. And were they able to gain yardage? Yeah, I think they used a couple of different guys. They used uh, Fields was their leading rusher, though. That's not good. I mean, Fields isn't even that much of a runner, truthfully. I mean, he's a scrambler, but he's not really a runner. And he was, I believe he was the leading rusher. Um I had high hopes for Masters, so that game was disappointing. Yeah, I mean, they need to see more from Master Teague if they expect to be as good as we believe. Everybody believes they're going to be in the Big Ten this year. I think that's a fair assessment, Jeff. I don't. I don't think any Buckeye fan watched the game yesterday and thought like, "Oh, we did enough running the football." I think that's probably worth the only um, what's worth only rock left unturned or whatever you want to say. But I mean, of all the things you've seen yesterday, because they looked really good, especially throwing and especially on defense, they weren't able to really dominate up front, which is weird because they probably had the best offensive line in college football. Yeah. I didn't watch really any of the Ohio state game. Uh, those yeah. of you know, soccer fan Manchester United was playing. So <laughs> I, I, was, I was getting like score updates for Ohio state. It was a little shocking. I, I, I don't think it, when you see 7-7, seven, seven, Nebraska versus Ohio State, oh, man, my mic's sucking again. I don't want that. But um, when you've got Ohio State and Nebraska, you want Ohio State to just beat the brakes off of them like they should. Yeah. But with COVID, they had to warm up and everything. But what can you say about Justin Fields, only one in completion? Rutgers yeah. is not legit. Michigan State is just pathetic. So is – they're both bad teams. Yes, Rutgers, very bad teams. I, I just think it was two garbage teams, uh, plain and simple. No, I agree. But that uh... – I, I really think this was just – also, when I had it on in, like, the third quarter, um, one team had, like, uh, five turnovers and one team had three. So, I mean, this game was just a destructive mess. Teams were getting the ball where they shouldn't have been getting the ball – there was more points than there should have been due to all the, the bad ball, like, protection. Yeah. This, this was a weird game with weird scores. I wouldn't look anything into Rutgers or Michigan State this year. Yeah. Personally, from what Eight, I saw. 
AJ Justin Fields wins the Heisman. I said this in the uh, in the preview pod. I believe he's going to have a hard time winning the Heisman. Here's why. Their schedule is so bad that they're either going to need to throw it a ton at the beginning of these games and then run it in the second half of these games. They can't really have a balanced attack trying to beat people. Or they're going to go up so big on a lot of these bad teams that Justin's not going to continue throwing the football. I think the stats will be actually very mediocre this year. Don't get me wrong. I think Justin Fields will have a fantastic year. He probably won't throw a ton of picks like he did last year. I think he only threw one last year. Um, but I, they will struggle to, to stat pad with how bad their schedule is. And that's not me trying to take a shot at them. That's just in a shortened season, Nate. You're exactly right. They, they're, they don't play anybody that's going to give them a third quarter outside of you could argue Penn State and you could argue Michigan. But after yesterday – I mean, Penn State dropped to Indiana. I can assure you that Ohio State won't struggle with Indiana. I can assure you that. So, so some of the big games, like like Ohio State's big games late in the year, especially against Michigan in December or the Big Ten championship game, if they make it there, you know, it's going to be in cold, probably maybe even snowy weather. You know, it's going to be hard to put up big numbers this yeah. late year as to where Clemson and Alabama, who have quarterbacks in the Heisman race, are going to be playing in perfect weather, throwing the ball over the field. So yeah. Justin, Justin Fields, he's going to put together a good draft portfolio, and he's going to play on Sundays. But he, he's up against the odds here to win the Heisman. I, I believe he is. I believe he is too. But he is a favorite. I'll definitely give you that. So with that being said, guys, that's, uh, that's going to wrap up the live show. We went through every NFL game, um, like we promised, every Sunday. And we even were able to touch on a little bit of college football. Thanks to Nate Ray. Thanks for bringing that up, man. I enjoyed talking that just now. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Great slate of games here on Sunday. Yeah. Good luck to all your teams. There's some big ones on today. Uh, there's some big ones at one o'clock, some four o'clock, uh, eight o'clock tonight, and even and even Monday night. So the uh, NFL, for some reason, this this schedule just seemed to work out where uh, there's there's matchup massive matchups on throughout the day, and uh, I'm excited for football. So. Whether it's to let me know if I'm right or wrong, go ahead and hit me up about 4 o'clock when the Steelers are uh, QB kneeling a 13-point lead against the Titans. Chris, thanks for the feedback, man. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. All right, guys, we're going to we're gonna log off here. Um, enjoy your NFL Sunday. <clears throat> uh, hope you guys hit it big in DraftKings and win your fantasy leagues, and I hope your team wins. Uh, if New England doesn't win this week, I'm just going to be on, like, depression watch, so just look out for me. Uh, I'll see you guys next time. Go yep. Pats. See you guys. Go Steelers.